A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, welcome to The Guinea Pig. I'm Dr. Mariam Zamani, an oculoplastic surgeon and aesthetic doctor. And I'm Fiona Golfer, a writer and journalist. I'm no stranger to a cosmetic procedure, and I'm willing to try pretty much anything. Which is why I'm here, to make sure Fiona and anyone else that's out there considering a treatment to help make a better informed decision safely and to try and collect as much information as they can. Every fortnight, this podcast comes to you from Mariam's Clinic in Chelsea. If you're looking for an honest, no-holds-barred approach to invasive and non-invasive cosmetic surgery, then the guinea pig is here to help you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the clinic for another episode of The Guinea Pig. And joining us here today is someone who is very important to me as I worked for her for 26 years. It's Alexandra Schulman, who was the former editor-in-chief Editor-in-Chief, I never know if we use that word. Yeah, it's Editor-in-Chief. Editor-in-Chief <laughs> of British Vogue magazine. And mm. Alex has come here today to chat to us about everything that she's doing at the moment. Welcome. Thank so you. Have you. Great to be here. I've never been in a room like this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sort of why I'm very, very amused to see you in here, Alex, because one of the reasons that we've asked Alex to come here today is not only to talk about this amazing collaboration that you've done with Boots Number no. 7, which we will get to, but also the fact that in all the years that I worked for you at Vogue, tweakments was not something that I would describe as being your favourite thing in any sense of the word. I mean, I've never really known you express any interest in in doing any of the things that so many of us are sort of rather excited by, such as, you know, in the early 90s when we all started with the Botox, followed by facials, followed by uh, peels, scrubs, manicures, massages, none of these things I would have as your sort of top favourite things to spend your time doing. Would you agree? Quite like a pedicure, actually. In fact, I really like, love a pedicure and I quite like a manicure. But scrubs, nope. Facials, nope. Peels, nope. Um, that's very interesting to me given that you were sort of at the helm of of a magazine that was so invested in beauty and image and um, very very seductive in many ways when you think that you're just kind of um, cruising through somebody offers you something absolutely in my opinion delicious to do to your face and I would see your eyes doing their famous role 
and the horror of such a thing. Why do you think you were never sort of seduced, as it were, into any of these treatments? It's complicated, of course. I guess that I don't have any kind of moral feeling about not wanting to have treatments at all. They simply bore me. Um, The time that I can spend doing something like, say, a peel or a facial or whatever, there are so many other things I'd rather be doing with my time. So when people did offer me, let's say, you know, a a massage, um, sometimes I would do it. And always after about 10 minutes, I'd just be like, why, why, why did I say (laughs) yes? You know, I just don't want to be here. Um, So that's one reason. And then the other reason when it actually comes to more kind of um, invasive or sort of... um, not permanent, but, you know, things that you can do to yourself to make yourself look better. I think I just have a kind of psychological problem. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> don't, don't like doing it. And you don't like doing it because you think it's going to be uncomfortable? I mean, it, it, as we get older, and I, I mean, I do think you look great, Alex. So I'm just going to start Thank by you. saying Lucky that. Lucky it's I, podcast. <laughs> I dig myself in. But you've got great skin and you've got... But, but all around you, I think, a lot of your friends and associates are having little tiny tweaks because many of them say you know it helps them go out of the workplace apart from anything else so here you are you've come out of vogue and you've invested um a lot of your time and energy putting together this really kind of great collaboration with boots but it would never occur to you to do anything to maybe well makeup i've always loved i mean i you know ever since i was a, a teenager the idea of sort of applying something that you can just take off no brainer completely love it it's like painting or it's like getting dressed up and I love makeup but when it comes to actually putting something into my body um I don't like that idea my skin yeah my skin wherever on the body or right skin I don't like that idea and I think it's it's more kind of psychological and philosophical than that as well I just like the idea that there isn't something I'm not getting older and I can't see it. I, I just want to be the person that I am. But, you know, I colour my hair. I don't have any problem with waxing my legs. I mean, I, I You're do... You're quite invested in do, your eyebrows. ...do things. Um, well, I had microblading, yeah. yeah, but... Which but, quite surprised me, actually, that because... Yeah, it's, but I'm probably not going to do it again. OK, because it's not for sissies, microblading. <laughs> uh, well, I don't, it's not like I'm scared of the pain... I mean, it wasn't painful anyway, but... Um, so you have a high pain threshold on top of it. So you would be perfect for... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting out of here. <laughs> no, no, no. But actually, there are a lot of people, I think, who have that same philosophy where they, they, want to, they want to age as they're aging, you know, just to have... They like the lines to show because they, they're happy lines or they're sad lines, but it's their life, you know? I, so. I, I don't kind of like love my lines I don't embrace my lines I don't have positive feelings about them which some people do you know there's a lot of stuff you know I love it because it shows the life I've lived I don't feel like that about it sometimes I see people who've had stuff done and they look really really great and I think you're kind of crazy that you you don't do this but it's just something I know ultimately I'm not comfortable with and One of the reasons, I think, is because, on the whole, a lot of these treatments are to do with age, not just to do with looking better. They are to do with the fact that you don't want 
to appear as if you've aged. And I think you have to get real. We do age. And for me, it's important to be able to, to, it's more like embracing that than it is my lines, the concept of age. It's interesting to me, though, because going back to Vogue and everything that, that Vogue... I mean, in, in, in the days when we were at Vogue together, in the early days of, say, Botox or, or, or treatments, we didn't write about them in the magazine. We didn't cover Botox and injectables, and that was your mm. belief. You didn't want it in the magazine. And yet we were airbrushing and tweaking models in the art room to a degree that, at one point, I mean, it went, very, it went really too far. And so... It's an interesting sort of debate, the idea that you were you were at the head of something that was presenting a certain kind of beauty whilst being kind of... Well, actually, to interrupt, um, interrupt I was away. very, um, very keen to do less retouching than was done. And it was mainly the photographers, not oh. actually in the art oh. room, but the photographers were doing it digitally before we, we got the pictures. I mean, obviously, there is a, a kind of you are creating images they're unrealistic images in a fashion magazine and i think that people do know that it's not uh, pretending fantasy a little bit yeah so it's not pretending to be reality and and at one point um i did this it was like a video that we sent out to uh 13 year olds at school which was a to show take them right through from a model walking in with her kind of you know lank hair you know no makeup into a shoot and everything that happened through the shoot and then any of the retouching process afterwards to the final um to the final pictures and one of the things that came back from from the feedback from the classes at 13 was like yeah we know that we don't think that you know we don't think that she really looks the way she looks in in those pictures so um yeah i have to i actually i want to interject because as a you know, as a kid growing up and looking at Vogue, I always felt it was almost like a little piece of art. You know, when you walk by, I love Harvey Nichols windows, for instance. I always think they do a great job. Or like, you know, Stella McCartney, she just put her decorations up. I think those are super fun. And I, I always think that that's when I was looking at an image at, in Vogue, for instance, I was looking at something that was really created yeah. as a, as, sort of as a piece of art. In a way. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, I was thinking as well, while you were talking about kind of in the early 90s with the whole grunge thing, people were just as upset when we presented models who looked like, you know, that it was the kind of heroin chic it was described at. But that was a kind of no makeup as you were, and people were absolutely horrified at that. So there's no, there's no, no, pleasing, there's no <laughs> pleasing anybody out there. I love the um, grunge look. And it's, it's also interesting to me, I wanted to know what you thought about, you know, having been at the helm of something that did present this sort of perfect world and you talk about these girls saying that they they know that how do you feel when you see and hear all of this stuff about sort of what instagram is now doing with all of its filters and the message that that's giving because i think it's come from Mm. this desire to create perfection as well yeah well i think it's quite um problematic i do think that people know what's going on in instagram they know they've got the filters everyone knows what they can edit they know these aren't these aren't images of reality, but there still is a level at which it, it's such a tsunami of uh, imagery that comes through people's Instagram feeds. And given in a way that you've all got the same tools, what you've done is you've kind of you've raised the bar so that everyone can make themselves look better through the tools. 
but who's going to look the best out of looking yeah. better? So it's not, um, that's not very helpful, particularly, particularly for young, uh, young people. But actually, I think it, I think that kind of insecurity about how, how you appear hits people of every age. And I suspect it's made it harder to some extent for, for a lot of both men and women, in fact, to feel kind of comfortable about themselves so maybe partially my attitude is kind of like I don't want to compete because that way I don't have to win yes I I, I I can understand but actually the the Instagram thing I think is really a disaster too because whereas in Vogue that was very I mean that was at a different level mm. whereas as opposed to Instagram which anybody can be so you're you're looking at other people who are your peers and you yeah. don't necessarily know what's been curated and what's been yeah. not and you can do so much with you know fake imagery and yeah. you know you can shrink your body half the size make your breast mm. double the size your bottom I mean you can do everything so I think that's actually a little bit more scary because that's people trying to pretend that's normal. Whereas when you looked at Vogue, you knew that wasn't necessarily, or, you know, you know, like that's, I think that's where the danger is, is that when you look at Instagram and you're, you know, you don't know this girl who's 12 or 16 or 25 and she looks like she has this perfect life, but you know, everything's been borrowed and she's, you know, uh, for whatever reason, yes. or, uh, yeah, so your changed. peer group is, is your peer group is unrealistic. uh, Yes. I think it's, it's showing things that aren't necessarily true, but you don't, you can't tell that that's not true. You know, mm. it's almost like fake news. It's it's terrible, I think, in that sense. Whereas I mean, Vogue is more yeah. like that's an aspiration. Oh my God, that's like a you know beautiful, like I said, imagery, or you know, like those kids would know that the models who came in did not look like that. But if you're looking at someone's Instagram who's taking two, three photos a day or even a week, yeah. it's it's different. One of the fun things that, coming back to makeup, that, that Life at Vogue had to offer was that because we did do an awful lot of sort of events and parties and dinners, and so come around five o'clock on a, the afternoon of any one of these occasions, an army of makeup people would kind of troop into your your office, Alex, and occasionally there'd be some leftover for the rest of us. Sort of, <laughs> the the Bobby Brown team. No, but, no I mean, it, it, but sometimes they'd send people that would do other editors yes, in the I magazine know. it was a really kind of joyous part of the job actually having these you know those events that we had to do that that we went to actually the, the getting ready is always the best fun I think and you would have your your makeup done did you like having to sort of put your face on in that way and um, oh when I found um by? when I found uh, actually Hannah was the makeup artist I mainly used Hannah Martin who was at Bobby Brown then and and so she got to know what I liked and then that was great because somebody you know I knew somebody could make me look good and I'd be comfortable with it now I find quite often when I do have to have makeup done um it's always a bit nerve-wracking because I think quite often it doesn't improve me because they don't know what's yes, going to work on my face. face and um I think if you do it all the time you basically you get to know exactly and you get to say to them you know just just do this, 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 yeah. and they'll do it. But I'm not so sure about what works and what and what doesn't. So um, I don't it- love having my makeup done. Again, it's a it's a time thing. You know, I'd rather mm-hmm. be, I don't know, having a glass of wine or reading a book or listening to music or. 
Anything else? Pretty well anything else. <laughs> you spoke to our friend Lisa Armstrong, our great mutual friend, the yes. other day about how much you enjoy makeup so much yeah. more since you've left the magazine. Doing my own makeup. And doing your own makeup mm. and being playful in a way that maybe you, are risks that you wouldn't have taken yeah. if you were in, in the public eye. Is that kind of what led you into this project with, with Beaks a bit? Well, Tell us how you arrived at this really nice collection. I'm not just saying that because well, you've you. given me a bag of cash or anything. Thank you. <laughs> so, no, Boots Boots came to me because they, I think, felt that um, everyone knows that their skincare is really good and, you know, their serums are really famous for being excellent and everything, but they felt that um, their makeup range maybe didn't have quite the same profile as as their skincare. So they were quite keen to work with me because of my fashion background. And originally the idea was that the, the, the ranges would be rooted in fashion. Um, actually what's happened is that the packaging is rooted in two ideas I had about fashion. One of which is this kind of graphic idea that you always have, because I started working on it a year before now, I, I couldn't sort of do literally the trend of the season because it would have been out of date. So I found the two hardy perennials, which you always get these kind of graphics, slightly edgy, sort of arty person like Marnie or like Missoni or even Armani, uh, quite interestingly, often Italian. And then the other range was to do with uh, this, which is like a um, more William Morris, sort of Victoriana-inspired thing, more like Simone Rocha or Erdem, those kind of people, more, more traditional-looking. The actual product inside the packaging is now sort of some of the things that are really good staples because it was felt in the end when we talked about it that there was no point doing product that actually not everybody's really going to be interested in. So we wanted to have the nice packaging, but have relatively um, sort of common denominator colours inside it. So you're not going to see, like, lime green eyeshadow in here. But I went through it the other night because I came to your launch, which you sweetly invited me to, and... Um, I went through all the different colours and I really, I was so kind of pleasantly surprised because they were very nice, like warm berry colours, very sheer, they go onto the skin very easily, blushes and lip glosses. Listen, the, the product, the product really is, the product is, is good. I mean, what I've learned working with them is that, and I guess you can do it because it's mass, you know, because you, mm. it's the numbers, mm. but their attention to detail is really, um, really impressive. And they put a lot of time, a lot of work into it. And, and the they product can afford, is, as you said, they can afford to invest yeah, in really, they really can. nice So I'm trying to quality, open this. Yeah. So this is called a, uh, what is it called? A shimmer palette. So it's really, really nice. And it's got, you know, it's got a yeah. nice texture. Well, the packaging is even the beautiful. It's in a mirrored beautiful. gold, rose and gold. I'm sorry, but it's pa so well-priced. I mean, yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, it is very well-priced. Um, so and again, I think, you know, again, it's because of the numbers. So this is like yeah, 30 wow. quid. It's so a large, velvet yeah. kind of clutch, large velvet clutch that you can either use as a clutch afterwards or just use it to keep your makeup in. It's a beautiful little a bag. teal kind of... Uh, waterproof inside and then it's got like eight products in it and the other one is slightly smaller based on um 
the work of the weaver Annie Albers. I don't think Annie Albers would have been particularly impressed to see herself as a makeup bag. I love this one. Um, oh, this is my one that I like. Yeah. More contemporary. So this is this is for the arty edgy person, that's and me. it's very um, nice color. And again, I think you know afterwards. Oh, I like that's a me color. Take too. your makeup to the beach or whatever in this. But my favourite, just before it's we looking stop very good talking on about number seven, is this little tin, which is like um, a kind of dusty pink base with this lovely teal top. It's a tin. It's got four products in it, blusher, uh, blusher mascara, lip gloss, and a kind of dark navy eyeshadow. But, I mean, that tin is just the perfect tin. It's going to be... I'm buying it... For a lot of people for Christmas. The awful thing is that if you do something like this, you and you give it to people, they think you got it for free. They'll never know. <laughs> that you actually you paid, paid good money for it. Well, the thing that I love, my takeaway on it, I don't know about you, Marion, if you've had time to go through everything, but is that I like to do, um, I don't really like to, I've said it before here on the show, that I don't really like to wear base Makeup. very much. Yes. But I do like to do kind of a smoky eye. And so my eternal search is for the soft, Coal mm. that I can put inside my eye that will smudge under my eye. That's very because, smudgy. And it's such a fantastic yeah. smudgy eye pencil That's, that they use. And I've, I've not been, tried it. I'm I've going been to try it. I love the smudgy eye, seven eye, eye pencil for years. And all the kind of big brands who I've also bought and tried, you know, with the big expensive names. I don't think I've ever used an eye pencil that I enjoy. You see how it's, it's smudged. beautiful. You can't see everybody okay. out there, but it just smudges really, really nicely and it's soft. And you know that you can work it, as it were, that you can kind of really... It's funny, because I do, I do wear base. I mean, one of, one of these has got a primer in it, but none of them have got um, foundation, none of them have got any base or moisturiser, because it's so too, too difficult yes. for, for different skin, yeah, skin tones. I don't but I would have know liked what primer that. is for. Primer? Okay, so primer is... Oh, I love how it's teaching on, us yeah, about makeup. You put it on your skin, and it's like it, it acts as the base... So that when you put your your foundation on or your makeup on, it doesn't just sink into your skin. It's like almost a level, a non-permeable level on top of your skin. So everything ah, sits on sits that. On rather than so you put foundation on top of primer. Yeah. See, I would have. I've it never known what a primer. Yeah, I always hear about primer. Primer's like sort of confuses me. Like you know, when you're painting a chair or something, rather, you have to put like a base. Yes. thing on it before yes. you put the paint on it so it doesn't yes. stick in the grain. It's like Marianne's that. often to be found painting a chair. Aren't you, Marianne? <laughs> <laughs> She's always saying, I've just come from painting a chair in the backyard. Oh. No, but yes, I know what you mean. I, I know, know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. All your nails, actually. Base coat. Same kind of thing. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
But I think it's 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 gorgeous. I was really pleasantly surprised very because I have well lived done. with you through the process of it being, yeah, you know, you good. designing it I'm and seeing it. And so it's really nice to see that your friend not only does something but does it as always, Alexandra, very well, very well. Um, so Chris, interesting to note too that it took a whole year to do this. Yes, it took from the point we had the I had the first meeting, went up to Nottingham to meet them. That was about October. And yeah, it they they arrived in October. It was very slow. There was a lot of backwards and forwards on the packaging, though it wasn't so much the product. And interestingly, there was a stage where it turned out that some ingredient that goes into mascara, there was a worldwide shortage of. Oh. So they were having problems with the Sourcing. actual creation of the yeah of the mascara, which I thought was fascinating. What kind of a green <laughs> ingredient would that be? <laughs> you run out of Alex. So it's now over two years since you left, or we left mm. Brexit, as we like to call it, since we left the magazine. Yeah. And um, you didn't really, I don't think, you didn't come out with a plan, did you? I mean, you did say you might learn to drum, but I haven't noticed any signs of it. Wasn't drumming one of the things you'd never tried? Uh, drumming's what I'm about to start doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I thought yeah, I was yeah. making a joke. No, okay. no, uh, for real. She never That's fails amazing. to amaze me. For real, I booked my first lesson next week. No, there were lots of things I wanted to do of that kind, you know, uh, play the guitar, write poetry, all of those kind of things. But um, actually, in the end, I have mainly been working, but just different kind of work. And... I mean, the big difference is if you've been in an office, uh, well, 26 years at Vogue, but, you know, before that, there was another 10 years before that. I'd never, never had days where I made my own timetable or uh, created my own existence or felt like somebody that didn't have a sort of carapace of the place where I was working to kind of shelter me. Um, so it's been so lovely to experience that, you know, really exciting. Do you think, many people say to me, you know, did you, did you feel defined by the job? And I used to say, no, I don't feel defined by Vogue. And then I came out and collapsed because I absolutely <laughs> did feel defined by Vogue. I just didn't know it. And do you think that you had to go through a process where you had to sort of stop being defined by having been the editor at Vogue? It's a very big um, thing to carry, that kind of a title. No, I, I don't think I, I did. I think all of, the, all of that thing that you're talking about went on before I left. I mean, for years before. You know, I probably been th thought about it for about three or four years before I actually did it. And I went through all that thing about what will I be without Vogue? Can I exist? Um, how will I earn any money? Uh, you know, will I be able to kind of take care of myself and will it be the end of everything? You know, that went round and round and round in my head for a very long time. The day I made the decision to do it, from that point onwards, I had none of that. I just felt like, yay, let's get on with it. Do you miss the clothes? Do you miss the, the, the shopping of it and the... She's oh, crossing her. She's yeah, making she's a, very a, a mystified <laughs> face. But do do you miss that sort of? Oh, I've got to. You know. No. No, that's what I love <laughs> about you, Alex. No, I mean, I've got lots of clothes. Um, Has your style changed since you come out? You came, you're wearing an incredibly pretty dress that I've never seen before today. Yeah, it's is, nice, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really nice. But it's Green the kind of dress that I would never have worn at Vogue. So it's like no. a brush cotton, sort of no. black watch tartan, sort of smocky dress. Yeah. No. 
which I bought in a local a store around the corner from me. Is and that I one of those things it. you wrote about it quite recently? Yeah. You bought three dresses, yeah. very, very nice set dresses. And, and um, this is a very one, yes. But I've been writing a book all about this and the clothes and what clothes make you feel. And um, so I've really thought, I've thought about this a lot and the difference, the way you how what you're doing affects the way you dress. So what I've discovered is not having that job allowed me to dress more how I wanted or felt completely I could dress. Whereas I think when I was at Vogue, I always, there was a part of me that felt that I should be looking the way that somebody might expect somebody to look like in that role which indeed is only professional I mean yes. if you know if you're a doctor you think about how you should look if you're a lawyer you think about how you should look I mean it's not it's not only about about magazines but then to be able to just dress how you just what you feel like every day I mean that was so new to me <laughs> liberating funnily enough I've known you since we've known each other for a very very long time and you dress more like you did when I first met yeah, you yeah I've gone You've back regressed. to being a 21 year old in yeah. every way yeah that's funny I'll soon be singing Joan Byers songs <laughs> I expect nothing less what products do you keep in your handbag Let's, yeah this sounds like every feature we ever wrote yeah. Sorry, actually this question yeah what are your three top products well I don't in keep them in my handbag but um so my, my absolute, the, the thing I love, I can't get, which is a brand called Pixie, and it's a lipstick called Alva, and they don't make it anymore. And <gasps> Marianne's every, looking for it. I've been through every Pixie, makeup... Pixie, if you're listening. <laughs> every makeup counter in London trying to find something that, that is like it. And Describe it. What was the, the colour? Alva, A-L-V-A, and it's a kind of slightly frosted... I have it on my lips now. It's a slightly frosted pink with a bit of brown in it and any time that anything like it is either too pink or too brown or too frosted and I can't and they don't make it anymore I mean I just so I had three and I've now only got half of one um, left so. I, that's the worst <laughs> I, I'm but it came out today which means it's a special occasion I'm hoping no you're no it I now. wear it all oh. the time because I'd stagger it. I keep it for best. That's what I did with my, my perfume went out. And then I found it on Amazon of all places. And I stocked what up. What was it? It was just an old Dolce Gabbana, right. the red one. And three years ago, they discontinued it. And I was hoarding it. I would only use it. And then I found a bunch. So now I'm using it again. But I'm scared it's going to go away. But No, it's terrible when that happens. Okay, so we have um, Pixie, okay, which you can't so find. Okay, so the Pixie lipstick you can't find. And then um, a more recent love object is the Wildsmith um, cleanser, which is a big kind of jelly cleanser. Wildsmith is a brand you can mostly find online. Online, yeah. It's great. It's very kind of natural. I like it too. And but although um, I'm afraid I fall into the not cleaning my face camp, um, so I don't. don't, 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 don't Marianne's so upset. I don't clean my face at night, but I will often clean it in the morning. And I like this cleanser. Often because, is good. Um, <laughs> you rub it in, and it's all okay. kind of like jelly, and it smells nice and everything. And then you put a hot cloth on and clean it all off, and then you you do feel clean um, <laughs> to start the day. Okay, that's two. That's two. And then, well, my absolute staple, it's I like I've used it since I was 
25, I guess, is, and I just swear by it, it makes you look different, is um, Clarins Beauty Flash. I mean, you put it on, it's like a primer, only it's not. And somehow you put it on your face and you just, every time I wear it, people say, you're looking really good. well. You see? The old ones are the best ones. You know, old as gold. Old as gold. Oh, Alex, I can't not talk about your nails. Okay, because oh, I'm well, looking at your nail colours. Let's chipped. ignore the chippedness okay, and let's just discuss your colour choices on your nails because Very I'd say trendy. every nail a different colour. Yeah. What, 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 talk me through the okay, thought process so, behind um, your nails. I started having my nails painted regularly about uh, uh, a couple of months ago, actually, as a kind of stress-relieving thing. It's just a very nice thing to go to the... Uh, to the nail bar and there are all these people around and talking and I'm just there and it was a way of not thinking about things that I didn't really want to have to think about and you know to get away from my desk as well so I started having my nails painted and then I always wanted to have different colours because all my life I've worn odd things so I used to always wear odd earrings again not when I was at Vogue because I sort of didn't want to look peculiar but actually I've always <laughs> worn odd earrings and quite often odd coloured socks and things so I started doing odd nails and my now, eyes are now rolling in the back of my head. And now I've got these these nails I mean I'm sorry they looked really nice when they were done but they're they're they're, they're no, absolutely yesterday the was the last day the colors aren't you you I must have noticed I'd love, the colors I'd love okay, so if I, I have like doctor, a little I, would wear this. I have a little fleshy pink sort of uh peachy pink on the little finger and then this one is a what would you call it a sort of pinky metallic silver yeah. this one's a kind of um Gosh, what's that colour? Kind of slimy kind of mustardy yucky, green. kind of slimy mustard green. Yeah. Slimy mustard green, very... This uh, is a metallic <laughs> gold, and this one is more of a kind of... Same colour, actually, as my boots tin is. It's kind of like a dusty pink. But I'm feeling very dull with my burgundy I'm, nail uh, I'm very dull. I wish if it if I didn't have the job that I yeah. have, I would have different coloured nails, yeah. too. But you I have love. to you have to put your hands on people. So do you keep your nails pretty neutral because um, of Almost always, unless treatment. I have something short and pretty neutral do you wear gloves though always right but still i always notice that if i even wear red and sometimes yeah. i have red on yeah i can see people no of, they, yeah. they notice the fact that i'm wearing red yeah. i also feel that they look at my nails because i talk a lot with my hands right very strange no it's good <laughs> just back to your beauty regime alex because i'm curious i know beauty flash does the tightening thing but do you also use a, a, a face cream? well beauty flash i only use like when i'm when going, going out, out sometimes because i, I somehow trusty... feel if you use it too much it won't work it's yes. there's no rationale to that it's just i'm beginning to go with your flow though alex uh, just... <laughs> um yeah at the moment i'm loving a chanel one it's called Le Lift it's a kind of pink very light kind of moisturizer and it's kind of cool when you put it on and I have no idea if it's made any difference to my skin and there's a bit of an under eye cream but the under eye I mean this is a bit of an issue because it's under eyes that I have the worst skin because of sunbathing and not wearing sunglasses yeah, and all of that and I've never put eye creams on so I mean I think I'm probably playing catch up a bit late in the day for that but uh, we'll see it's never too late to start really I think that your kind never. of openness and honesty about the way that you look i mean i don't know how happy you are to talk about your bikini picture that you put up on instagram yeah. but your lack of kind of vanity is a um and i don't mean because you look marvelous in the bikini <laughs> you did you look great you look like what women look like yeah. when they go out in a bikini but i think it's a really 
you know, I know that a lot of the stuff that I do to myself is born out of probably an insecurity and and I wish I had less insecurity and thought less about what I do to myself. So I actually think that, you know, I listen to you and and have done for very many years talking about these kind of things. And I always come away thinking, I wish I had such certainty about myself because I think it, it and without wanting to blow smoke mm. out your backside, it's a real, I think it's an example to women that, you well, know, know yourself and be comfortable in your skin. You, you're a very smart woman. There are so many things to say about that subject. I mean, it's, it's so complicated, isn't it? And it's not, you know, that I think I look wonderful. It's that I try to remove how I look from a way of judging myself to some extent I mean not totally obviously I like people to think that I I look good um but I think a long time ago really probably even as a child I was a kind of quite dumpy child I wasn't like Miss Tinkerbell you know I was large and you know I had early puberty so I started having boobs before anyone else and I was kind of clunky and everything and I think that I just probably at that point decided that I wasn't gonna I had to be judged by something else and and that probably was quite helpful actually unbelievably helpful especially going into the world that you went into because I think going in knowing that I know as well as any how judgmental the world of fashion can be. So I think that your strength was that you didn't pitch yourself against those people in trying to prove in any way that how you... And I don't mean this how you look because you don't look like them, but you just, that wasn't your game. But it wasn't sort of, I didn't think about it as a, you know, as a... a, a, a a battlefield exactly everyone has has different experiences of it don't they I mean I think I was very lucky that I was always perfectly nice looking but I was never raging beauty um I was always lucky that I was quite successful and I had good relationships you know and I had boyfriends I didn't sort of find that it was a sort of a major problem having a boyfriend. I don't know. I mean, I really, honestly, you could write, you could really write a book about this subject. I mean, it, it's just so interesting. But I know that my sort of my takeaway from it is that I feel so strongly that it is very. I think it's important for women to do whatever they and men whatever makes them feel good. And if it makes them feel good to have any kind of treatments or put makeup on or whatever they want to do makes them feel good that's absolutely fine by me I do think though it is important to try and look outside your appearance to get your sense of self and to judge yourself by because there's something more kind of yeah I mean beauty is fleeting anyway yeah that's that's why everybody is scared to get old because yeah uh, they lose a little bit of their identity as they as they age if that's what they put their worth into well you must find you know have a lot of conversations like this with you know your patients and just people that you meet within the world you know this whole discussion i I always say i i always tell people whatever you come in here to to do with me is because you want to do it so i really i always say what is it i ask them a couple questions one is what they like about themselves and then what is it that they would want to change about themselves and when people ask me well what do you think i should do i doesn't matter. You might not ever see me again. Why do you care what I think, you know, one way or the other? You come here 
for a reason. I mean, obviously some things made you book the appointment, walk into the store, and you have an idea of what bothers you. And if nothing really bothers you, then you shouldn't really be looking for something to, to find in, in actuality, you know? So, um, I mean, if I came in here and I was doing that, you know, I would do something about the way my mouth turns down there. And I know how easy that would be. You know, if I just did something, then I'd look happy instead of looking <laughs> disgruntled all the time. And, you know, and I do think about it and then I kind of think, oh, but I don't know, what will it be like when it runs out and... That's always a big question. <laughs> well, you can always just walk around smiling and then that takes care of all the... Yeah, smiling helps. Yeah, smiling But as things well. evolve, and I mean, I know we, 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 we never seem to get through an episode without talking about Profilo. But, um, and <laughs> what is Profilo? Profilo is something that, you see, I think would suit you very well. Profilo is a... You have five little injections in your face. On each side of your face. face. And it's, it's, it's kind of basically, it's moisturizer in a needle. Mm-hmm. And it's unbelievably hydrating and mm-hmm. moisturizing. There's no filler. It's no nothing. It Why just, would you do it? To just hydrate the skin from oh, okay. inside. So, so basically, does it just go throughout your whole face? Then? So yeah. the idea is right. you put it in key points within the skin and then it dissipates and spreads. Uh, and it's a form of hyaluronic acid, which then promotes your own collagen mm-hmm. and your own skin to make more skin essentially. And it is one of those things that just gives you when you have, you know, when you wake up and you're like, Oh, I'm having a good skin day. I look, I don't so it's look kind so of bad. You know, it's, it gives mm-hmm. you, so it's that's, not anywhere. that's a, that's a, uh, non, you know, filler. Type we're not going to force you into it. <laughs> don't you worry. Well, don't it could you worry. be the thin end of the wedge. It should be the thin end. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, Mariam's always here. <laughs> I, I am actually. It's like my second home. So I'm very excited. I wanted to say that I think your makeup collaboration. My number seven. Actually, you know what's really nice about the collaboration is I always like having something that I can keep afterwards. And so I, I buy... I'm a I'm a makeup junkie. I don't know why I buy it because I almost wear nothing and I don't know how to put it on. But I love the containers that things come in. Oh really? And this tin, for instance, is super cute and I love it. Thank you. But well done, and Thank I you. think that there'll be a huge success. Thank All this you very makeup much. in this little bag. We'll put some pictures actually. Yeah, we'll we put should. some pictures Absolutely. of Alex's range on our Instagram if anybody wants to. Have Gosh. a look, but it's very, very pretty. And just to say thank you for thank coming you. in, Alex. Thank you so much. Very exciting. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been great. I've learned, I've learned stuff. <laughs> well, I know learned about what's it called, Profiler. <laughs> Profiler. I'm going to send you a list, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the guinea pig podcast. Plus you can email us at theguineapigpod at gmail.com. And we'll see you or you'll hear us next week. Thank you. Bye. 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 The guinea pig provides unbiased information to those who may be considering cosmetic surgery or even trialing a non-invasive treatment or product. We do not endorse the use of any product or procedure featured in this podcast and are not responsible for the outcome of any of the treatments featured on this podcast or damage caused in connection with any treatments or products. Should you decide to try any of the procedures, treatments or products mentioned in any episode of the guinea pig, you do so at your own risk. Always consult an independent and fully qualified medical professional if you are considering embarking on a medical procedure, irrespective of whether it's an invasive or non-invasive procedure.